If your faith in Christ is not leading you to live a lifestyle of devotion to Jesus, then you're in danger. It's a message that America needs to hear today. Welcome to Gospel Saving Church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to welcome everybody to Gospel Saving Church. I'd also like to welcome everybody who's listening online. As uh, we've just been noticing our numbers online, our internet through SoundCloud and via our website, we're seeing a lot of people from even all over the world that are again joining us. And uh, they're joining in and tuning in to listen to Gospel Saving Church and what we have to say, and um, it's all good stuff, and we've got a lot of followers online, and praise God for that, so welcome everybody coming from all over the world, thank you. all over the world. I thank Jesus that you're listening in and tuning in. We thank you for your support. Anyway, bless God. Uh, you guys want to join me with a word of prayer? We'll, we'll start off and see what the Lord has to say to us today. So join me, please. Lord, thank you. Thank you for bringing us here. Lord, we just want to honor you today, Lord, and just speak your word. Lord, I love your word. And Lord, I pray that your word would just strike a chord in each one of our hearts, Lord. Whether believer or not believer, or believer or non-believer, or, or sold out, or, or growing in the, in the Lord. Lord, wherever people are at in you, Lord, I pray that this message would strike a chord in their heart. Pray your Holy Spirit would convict every single one of us in this room, Lord, because we can always be getting better. Not one of us has arrived yet, Lord. We've not arrived until we come and stand before you and you welcome us in or cast us away. None of us have arrived, Lord, until that point. So until that point, Lord God, I pray that you would continue to mold us and shape us and form us, Lord, just like you want to mold us and shape us and form us. And I pray this message today, Lord God, would help you would speak through it and I pray you would use this message to accomplish your purpose and your will in our hearts. I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Lord. And I pray you keep distractions out and keep that, keep that devil away, Lord God. Keep that devil away. And Lord, we ask these things and pray them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So if you guys want to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. <clears throat> Excuse me, going to be in verses 32 and 33 today. 
Matthew chapter 10. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you want to join me, we'll read them, and then we'll teach on them. 10.32. The Bible says, Therefore, whoever confesses me, Jesus Christ is still speaking before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So the title of today's message, it's all about Jesus. Title, today's message, it's all about Jesus. So following the great consolation that we just read about, Matthew 10, 27 through 31, that was the name of our last sermon, the great consolation, we have Jesus start off with the word, therefore. Verse 30, verse 32, the word, therefore, is there again. We've talked about this word before, therefore, but, you know, I think we need a refresher because it's been a while. The word, therefore, to recap, to refresh your memories, is a cause and effect word. Uh, the word, therefore, works like this. Our car has broken down. Therefore, we need to go to the repair shop and get it fixed. Honey, the bread is stale. It's got mold in it. Therefore, we need to throw it away. Hey, our house has been broken into. Therefore, we need to call the police and we need to report it. So that's the word therefore. The word therefore is a conjunctive word. It puts two thoughts together. It add, puts one thought old and one thought new and cause and effect. Here, Jesus uses the word therefore and he makes a very powerful statement with it. In fact, he makes an internally important statement with it. And what is he making? Remember, we're going to bridge last week and we're going to bring it together with this week. He says, since your heavenly Father is so powerful and all-knowing, bigger than all creation in the universe and life itself, and we have our great consolation in the fact that He knows every hair that's on each one of our heads, and He loves us and considers us to be more value than many sparrows, in fact, the apple of God's very eye are mankind. We are the apple of His very eye. Deuteronomy 32, 9 and 10. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob, or you could say the church, is the place of his inheritance. He found him in a desert and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. That was going for Israel in Deuteronomy. But now we have not only the Jews are the apple of God's eye, but we also have Christians. We have the body of Christ. We're the apple of of God's very eye. So since you have this great consolation, you're the apple of God's eye, people. Re wake up, okay? You're the apple of God's eye. God's eyes are focused and fixed on you every day. He knows everything that you do. He knows every hair that's on your head. He's bigger than all creation, and yet you're of more value than many sparrows. Therefore, verse 32, Jesus says, Whoever confesses me before men... Him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. So since you know that God your Heavenly Father loves you and treasures you so much, He wants you to confess me, Jesus says, before others. 
And then he says, if we do that, he'll confess us before God who is in heaven. So last week, Jesus told us that we should preach his teachings from the rooftops. Remember what I speak to you in the ear, preach from the housetops. And he told us that we should fear God almighty only and not mankind. Remember? Preaches teachings from the rooftops. This week, he says, we need to be confessing him. We need to be confessing his name before others so that he can confess us before God. Notice what he didn't say. Read it again, verse 32. Whoever confesses God the Father before men. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. What is the deal? How come he didn't say whoever confesses God the Father? He'll confess before God the Father in heaven. What's the deal? Sounds like Jesus is putting him and his message and his name equal to and even above God the Father. Last week we have preached my message from the rooftop. Now this week we have confessed my name before others. I don't understand. It's kind of confusing. Is he in contradiction here? No, he's not. We'll see in a minute. It's all about the Son. That's where we get our title from of today's message. He continues to make, an incre- he continues to make incredible statements because... The Jews, I remember, were monotheistic, are to this day, even many Jews that worship in Judaism way, are still monotheistic people. That means they believe in one God. They honor and fear one God. They don't fear anybody, and they don't fear or worship anything else other than one God, Jehovah God. And when Jesus makes these statements like this, confess my messages, preach my messages from the rooftops, preach my name from the rooftop, he is making supernatural, like overwhelming Jews. That's why many times the Jews wanted to stone him because he didn't preach God the Father. He didn't preach as Moses preached. He didn't preach the Ten Commandments. He didn't preach the Levitical law. He preached me. He preached Jesus Christ, my message and my name. So He says, he's saying here, it's more important to confess his message and his name more than the message of God Almighty. So he is actually holding his name and his message above or equal to God. As far as what what, what this contradiction thing that I just brought up, he does kind of, in a sense, you can see it as contradiction. You know, look at this, Matthew 7, 21. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So which is it? Which is it? Is God the Father more important? Or is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, more important? Because Jesus does seem to contradict himself here. But clearly, we can see, of course, the Bible never contradicts itself. Because we have Matthew 17, 1 for 5, we're going to hear what God the Father has to say on His Son, Jesus Christ. Matthew 17, 1 through 5, we have a little account of Jesus, Peter, and James, and John going up on the mount 
of transfiguration is what they call it. And it says in verse 1, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Who, who do you think that was? That wasn't Jesus speaking. That wasn't the Holy Spirit speaking. That wasn't some guy with a megaphone up there speaking. That was God Almighty God the Father. This is my beloved Son. Remember, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. Now, God could say anything He wanted to in that situation. God could have spoke anything He wanted to in that moment in time. He could have said, Here I am. I'm God Almighty. Bow down and worship me right now. But he didn't. He could have said, this is what I said, I gave you the law. This is what I spoke through Moses. Obey what I told you. Fall down and worship me right now. But he didn't. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Hear him. What is God Almighty telling us? Matthew 3, 16 and 17. Remember, Jesus being baptized by John, he comes up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven again. This is another one. This is another time. God's voice comes from heaven. Jesus is being baptized. And God says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So we have a God is well pleased with him and we have a God saying this is my beloved son hear him. Again the title of today's message is it's all about the son. God the father is saying here it's all about the son. It's his will for us to proclaim Jesus Christ not himself. It's his will that we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ instead of his name. It's his will that we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ above the law of God. It's God's will that we proclaim Jesus Christ instead of the old covenant of God. You see, God chose it to be this way. He could have made it any way that he wanted to make it. God could have set up any way, but he chose to do the way through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's provision for sin. Through the person of Jesus Christ, God chose to redeem mankind. Jesus Christ is God's plan for salvation. God said, this is the way you were right with me before, through all the law and through the sacrifices of through the law and through, you know, incense and all this other stuff. Now that, but that's then. Now, God says, my provision for your sin, 
my way, my plan of salvation is Jesus Christ. Not me, not my name. Interestingly enough, I didn't even put this in my notes, but God puts it on my heart to say again. We read God in the psalm says that he holds his word above his name. And yet we have in John 1, we have Jesus. One of his names is the word of God. God says, I hold my word above my name. Jesus Christ is the word of God. Notice even God spoke it to it all the way through us, through, through David back in the Psalms. Jesus being the word, we didn't even know at that point, but Jesus is still the word of God. And he said, I hold my word above my name. So Christ Jesus, God chose to honor, exalt him and the person of and his work and his messages above God Almighty, the Father. That is amazing. That is amazing. That's all I could say. Jesus tells us some more important details about the subject in the Gospel of John. If you want to go to, we're going to be in John 5, 16 through 23. We're going to give the whole account. It's just, I'm going to teach through it too. Jesus just heals a man on the Sabbath. And the Bible says in John 5, 16 through 23, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Their law was so religious that they could, nobody could even help anybody on the Sabbath. That was never God's intention to not be able to help people on the Sabbath. God didn't want you working on the Sabbath, true, but God never said you can't help or you can't heal or I can't heal or I can't help somebody on the Sabbath day. It's just meant for rest. Take a load off your feet. But if you see your brother's donkey in a ditch, go help it out. Go help it out. Don't sit there and laugh and say, oh, <laughs> oh sorry, uh, Micah's donkey's in a ditch. I guess he'll get it out tomorrow. He'll probably be dead by then, but that's all right. Anyway, Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath, and the Jews, for this reason, wanted to persecute him. But Jesus answered them, and he says, My father has been working until now, and I have been working as well. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. They understood it. People today doubt the fact and have whole religions against the fact that Jesus is God and Jesus is God's son. But the Jews understand more and well what Jesus was saying here because they wanted to stone him for the fact that he was making himself equal to God and God's son, the reigner. That's what they just said. Verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So there is a catch. Although it is all about the son, according to even God, and that was God's plan to even do it that way. Of course, and that is true. We just read that. Jesus doesn't do anything unless he sees God the Father doing it. He doesn't say, he didn't say anything unless God the Father said it. But God chose Jesus, just like I just said, to speak through him. So let's keep reading in verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one. But look at this one but has committed all judgment to the Son, 
Why did he do that? Verse 23. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. So Jesus is saying, honor God, sure. But you better be honoring me too. Because, look at here, the end of verse 23. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So if we decide I'm not going to honor the Son or, or these religions, I'm not going to believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then God right here is saying through Jesus, because remember, Jesus only said the words that God told him to say, that you're not going to honor me because you're not honoring my Son. Those who don't honor the Son don't honor the Father. And all judgment was committed into the hands of Jesus Christ. John 12, 26, Jesus also says, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. Hey, praise God for that. If we know how we want to get to Jesus, we got to serve him. We serve him with our lives and we'll be where he is. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Whoa. So even by, uh, if we serve Jesus, God will honor us if we serve Jesus Christ. He didn't say, if you honor my father, you'll serve my father. He didn't say that. He said, if you want my father to honor you, serve me. Because it's all about the son. It's not about, all about God the father anymore. It's all about the son. Paul says in Colossians 2, 8 through 10 of Christ. I want to see another reason why it's all about the Son and not all about the Father? Well, we'll look, because when we honor the Son, we honor the Father. Beware least anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principalities of the world and not according to Christ. For in Him... So you want to know what's in Jesus Christ? Why God said it's all about the Son now? For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So in Jesus Christ are all the fullness of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit bodily. You are complete in him, Paul goes on to tell us in verse 10, who is the head of all principality and all power. It's all about the Son. We can only come to God through prayer. In Jesus Christ, 1 Timothy 2.5 tells us, for 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So you ever wonder if you hear, maybe you're hearing this message, why do Christians always pray, in Jesus' name I pray? Well, because guess what? If you didn't have Jesus Christ, you wouldn't be able to pray to the Father. The Father doesn't hear you unless you pray through the name through the one mediator between God and man that God gave, the man, Jesus Christ. So we can only even come to God the Father through His plan of salvation, through His one that He chose to exalt above even Him, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2, 6, Therefore it is also contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, Elect precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. In case you didn't know what a cornerstone is, out of a cornerstone is built all 
things. All buildings are built. They have a chief cornerstone, the most powerful cornerstone, the thing, the cornerstone that allows the building to even be set upon. If it didn't have that cornerstone, that one powerful point of all the structure, it would fall. It has to have a chief cornerstone. Buildings have to have a chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ is that chief cornerstone upon whom all build their faith in God, upon Jesus Christ, for he is the chief cornerstone. So now we know and we see it's so clear. It's so clear. God says it's all about the son. And he chose to have it just like that. But you may, may be saying, but Pastor Ed, why is it so important to either confess or deny Jesus Christ before God the Father in heaven? Why is it so important that we confess him so that he can confess us? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. If you want to turn to John 5.22, for the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. We see here that our entrance even to heaven is not only through Christ, for John 14.6 tells us, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. But we also find, again, John 5.22, for the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. And when we put that together with Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Jesus is not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, they call him Lord. Notice, not God. They call Jesus Lord. Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I, Jesus says, then I, not God the Father, not any angels, not the Holy Spirit, not your brother Bob, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus is the one that decides whether you get to heaven or not. Jesus is the one that you'll stand in front of when the great books are opened and the great white throne judgment. Jesus Christ will be the one that judges you. Jesus Christ. Because it's all about the Son. That's intense. So remember that eternally important statement that Jesus made and we talked about earlier. Since God loves us so much and he's so big and everything and anything that there is out there, so therefore we better be confessing Christ before others. I hope you see the importance of that now. I have said this before, but I'm going to say it again. You will talk about what's important to you. In your life, you will talk about the things that are important to you. If things aren't important to you, you're not going to talk about them. So Christians, if you really love Jesus Christ, he commands us, preach his messages from the rooftops and speak and confess his name before others. To not be open and confess the message of Christ and to confess the name of Christ to others is just plain disobedient and goes against God's will because God's will is that we follow and obey and serve the son not serve him because we serve him through serving Jesus but we can't just serve God 
and not the Son. We have to honor the Son so that the Father honors us. We need to be serving God by being open and bold about Jesus Christ and about His message. His name, folks. His name. We must speak His name. It is the name above all names. Jesus Christ, the name above all names. And the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ to the glory of God. It's all about the Son. You definitely want to confess His name before God, the Father in heaven, unless you're ashamed of Jesus. Unless you're ashamed of His name. And then there's the alternative. We can read verse 33. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So if you deny him, he will deny you. And that's not such a good thing. I don't think you want him to do that. Since Jesus is the one that grants us eternity in heaven. Big point first off here. If you're listening to this message and you don't believe in God or His Son Jesus Christ, or you're a Christian and you're thinking of those who aren't Christians, then it's like I said just a minute ago, then sure, those folks can for sure easily say, yeah, I can say I, I deny Jesus Christ. But for those people, or if that's you out there, I have a special note. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God has also highly exalted him, Jesus Christ, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow, and those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So one day, whether you're listening to this and you don't believe in Jesus, or whether you're listening to this and you are a Christian and you're thinking about those non-believers, one day, folks, everybody will believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. One day, everybody will worship and bow down to Jesus Christ, which is in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Hitler, Stalin, they believe in Jesus Christ right now. They didn't when they were alive, but they do now. I heard a great man of God say one time, there, there's no atheists in hell. Because everybody, when they die, heard Jesus say, I, I don't know you. I never knew you. Be gone from me, you who practice lawlessness. Every single person that's in hell right now heard those words of Jesus Christ. I never knew you. Be gone from me, you who practice lawlessness. Every single one of them. One day, everybody who doesn't believe now will believe on the day they die. But unfortunately, at that time, and if you're hearing this message right now, unfortunately, by that time, it's too late for you. It's too late by that point. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. The moment you die, God will judge you. And if you've denied Christ your whole life, it's too late. You can't change it then. It's too late, folks. Too late by that point. It's time to turn now. 
if you don't believe. But unfortunately, this message here today, this closing verse that we have here, I believe speaks more to people that say they believe in Jesus Christ than it does for people that don't believe at all. I believe that this verse is talking specifically to people that believe in Jesus Christ. Now, why would I say that? That is very offensive. So you're saying to me, I'm saying, people that call themselves Christians, but whoever denies me of you before my Father, or before men, him I will also deny before my Father is in heaven. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. People that even profess and even believe in the name and confess and profess the name of Jesus Christ. This verse is talking to them, many of them, especially here in America. You might believe in Jesus and you might be saying, but I would never pester it. I would never deny Jesus Christ before people. I would never deny Christ Jesus. I would never say like Peter did those three times right when Jesus was about to be crucified, I deny him, I deny him, and I deny him. I would never say those words. Those words would never come out of my mouth. But I can assure you that what Jesus is talking about here is more than just a verbal denial of him than anything else. It's more than just a verbal denial. Because did you know that the Bible teaches that you can, you don't have to say a word, you can profess Jesus' name and him as Lord and even his word, but then with your life, you can deny the Son, Jesus Christ, just by the life that you live. Did you know that the Bible teaches that? The Bible says that a person that believes and confesses in God and Christ verbally can actually deny Him by the way that they live. Paul writes about this subject in Titus 1.16 that they, speaking of people that profess Jesus Christ, they profess to know God, but in works they deny Him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. 1 Timothy 5, 8, 8, Paul writes, but if anyone does not provide for his own household, and especially for those of his own, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You can actually deny Christ with your life. You don't even have to use words. To do it. In fact, it's a study in America. It's a study in America right now that actually, and it's over the world, people know that you can actually communicate with others more by your actions than you do with your words. More by your actions do you speak to people every day than you ever will say a word. Hebrews 10, 26-29, the Bible writes, If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation which will devour the adversaries. Who is he talking about, folks? He's not talking about people that say, I don't believe in Jesus. He's saying, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, after we have been saved, if we go on and live lives of evil and live lives of sin, then there no longer remains a sacrifice for our sins. 
but a fiery, but a fiery, a fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation which will devour the adversaries. And he says, anyone who rejected, rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on a testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment, listen to the Bible now, of how much worse punishment than death. He just said it's bad to die. But how much worse punishment will it be thought worthy of him who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? God is graceful. God is merciful. God is all-loving. But if you come to him and you come and you get saved and you pray a prayer, you really surrender your life to God. You really do that. But then from that point, at one point in your life, you turn from that and you turn to wickedness and you turn to sin willfully again. Then the Bible is saying here that you are insulting the spirit of grace. You're trampling the Son of God underfoot and you're counting Christ's blood, the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing. And it would be worse for you to die. It'd be, it, death is nothing compared to the punishment that you will face for doing this act, for living a life of unholiness even after you've come to know Jesus Christ. This scripture are speaking to people who would consider themselves Christians and have even said, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I've been saved. I'm saved. That's who these scriptures are talking about. And you say, how could this be? How could this be, Pastor Ed? How could, you mean in our world today, right now, we have people that confess Jesus but live contrary to that? I will tell you, absolutely. Absolutely. People live in all kinds of wickedness, all kinds of sin, all kinds of adultery, all kinds of fornication, all kinds of lewdness, all kinds of idolatry, and they're in the clubs every Friday night, every Saturday night, and in church on Sunday morning. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6-9, Paul writes, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, he says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Yet in our world today, especially in our America that we live in, many who profess Jesus Christ live lives practicing the same things that Paul just wrote about. And yet they still believe themselves to be followers of Christ and saved. And they tell you, if you ask them, I'm on my way to heaven. Who's right, folks? Is God right? Or is man right? I'll tell you right now, God's right. We're wrong. God is right. And you, if you believe that, are wrong. We just read the Bible, and the Bible said that anyone that practices any kind of sinful life practices a sinful life, lives willfully in, practices a sinful life, ongoing, not stopping, will go to hell. People have made up a God in our country, and I don't, probably all over the world, in their own heads, that they call Him Jesus Christ. They call Him the Son of God. They say, oh, well, he died for my sins and rose again the third day. They even have a couple of their characteristics, a couple of the characteristics of Jesus Christ right. But 
They've made them up in their own minds because their Jesus will accept them no matter what sin that they commit right now, no matter what sin that they practice, no matter what they say out of their mouths, no matter how, how many blasphemous words they speak against God, no matter how many clubs that they're in getting drunk at, going home with every girl at the end of the night and having fornication and committing adultery at the end of the night, my God will accept me no matter what because my God, Jesus Christ, He loves me. He loves me. And, and He's my Lord. He's my Lord, they'll tell you. And no matter what kind of life that they live, Jesus is my Lord. God loves me. I'm, I'm saved. I can live any way I want because God is all loving and he's got all grace. Folks, the biblical definition of a Christian is a follower of Christ or little Christ. A real Christian, the Bible says, stays away from sin. Lives a life of righteousness lives a life of holiness, lives a life devoted to the teachings of Jesus Christ, lives a life devoted to seeking God, seeking the things of God, reading the Word of God, doing the Word of God, practicing righteousness, practicing the Word of God, practicing the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's a real Christian because that's the life that Jesus Christ lived. And he lived. It's a person who decides to love God with their whole heart, keeping away from the things that God hates and finding out the things that God loves and does those things. Only two roads. Confess him. Or deny him. So please be honest with yourself today. The Bible says, examine your life today. Examine your life right now in the light of Scripture. Please, for your sake. Are you really living your life for Christ according to the ways that he says to live? Are you staying away from the things that God hates? And are you setting your heart daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, are you setting your heart to seek the things of God, to seek the ways of God, and to follow those ways and to practice those ways? Or do you live life in, of sinfulness, practicing unrighteousness, living in adultery, fornication, idolatry, lying, stealing, dishonesty, words, mouths, speaking blasphemous words against God, if somebody was around you, would they even know that you're a Christian by what you say? By the words that you speak? Or would they just say, oh, man, that guy swears like a sailor. Folks, that's not a Christian. A Christian has made a decision to live for God, live for Christ Jesus, to put those filthy things of his mouth away and to seek after the righteousness of God. If this evil lifestyle describes yours, just like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 through 9, or 6, 9 through 10, then you shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven and you are in trouble. I don't care if you've prayed a prayer. I don't care if you've invited Jesus to come into your heart. I don't care if you've said, Jesus, please save me. If you still live a life of wickedness, practicing sin, not trying to practice righteousness, 
you don't see a decreased pattern of sin in your life. You growing toward the things of God and farther away from the things of the devil and of the world, then you're in danger. And the Bible says, and if you're hearing this right now, it's not too late for you because you're hearing this message. But please hear this message. And God's desire is not that you go to hell. It's not that you perish forever. It's not that you be condemned for good or he wants you, he's done with you or he's, he's given you opportunity. He's given you his grace right now if you're listening to this message and you're not right with him. And he says, repent and turn to me now before it's too late. Before you die in your sin and then you stand before my son whom I've committed all judgment to and he judges you on your sinful life and you go to hell. Turn right now away from the wickedness that you live in, away from the evil that you live in, and turn to Christ right now and surrender to Him because He is the only way anybody gets to God. Not through your good deeds. Not through your pretty good actions. Well, I've helped some old ladies across the street. I've helped some homeless people out and given them some money. It's only through Christ. Jesus said, all those that desire to follow me must deny themselves, which is repentance. Pick up their crosses and follow after me. Deny yourself right now. Decide, please, today to turn away. I'm going to lay down my life and I'm going to live for God no more. I don't want to live for me anymore. I want to live for Jesus. Pick up your cross and come up after Christ Start following Him and stop following the evil of this world. Come to Christ before it's too late. Or else you will hear Jesus say, Matthew 7, 23, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. God doesn't want that for you, and I don't want that for you. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Please turn away from your sinful ways and turn to Christ with your whole heart. Please, right now. Now, are you a real Christian? You heard this message. You are really following Christ. You're really serving Him with your life. You're listening to Him and obeying His teachings according to Jesus here. We need to be confessing His name before mankind as a lifestyle. If you're not for any reason, and you're making excuses for any reason and not professing His name, not confessing His name, not even saying anything about His teachings to anybody else, then according to Jesus Christ here, you're wrong and it's time for you to repent. Jesus said, Matthew 10, 32, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. The people of this world need to hear the name of Jesus Christ, whether they want to hear it or not. And Jesus called those that say that they love him, those that love him, to confess his name and to proclaim his teachings from the rooftops. Start bringing up the name of Jesus Christ in your verbiage anytime and all the time that you speak to anybody and everywhere and anywhere you go. Example, hey man, how you doing today? Or hey, hey, how's it going today? Oh man, thanks to Jesus, I'm doing great. The only one that stops you from doing this is you. 
Sure, the devil's gonna tell you, oh, they're gonna look at you funny. Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna say bad things about you. Oh, well, then you fall into what Jesus said, what we read last week. Don't fear man, because the worst they can do to you is torture you and kill you. Feel the, fear the one that has the power to cast your, your soul into hell or to give you eternal life. Don't fear man. Man cannot hurt you eternally. But Christ can. Time to repent. Say th saying things like, Jesus is good to me. Man, I can't get through life if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. God is so good to me. He gave His Son. Oh, He loves me so much. Start bringing up His name. That's what He says here. It's time to repent for you, Christian, and start confessing Jesus Christ in His name everywhere you go and in all the things that you do. It's time to start practicing a lifestyle of confessing the name of Christ before others and stop being scared of mankind. And if you confess Him before others, He will confess your name before the Father which is in heaven. I know that's where I want to be standing. And I know I'm not going to fear man. It's always still going to be there though. The fear of man's always still going to be in my flesh. It's always still going to be in the back of my head. I'll always know what people will say to me. I'll always know what people might say to me. I'll always know what they might be thinking of me. But who am I going to fear? Am I going to fear the Son of God, who has all authority, who's been given all authority in heaven and on earth? Or am I going to fear man, who may perish right after I get done talking to him? That may be the last thing he does is curse me and then he might get in a car accident and die and go to hell forever himself. You're going to fear that one who's so temporary like you or are you going to fear the eternal? And is your life going to be all about the Son? Or is it going to be all about you? It's our decision God gives us. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this message, Lord. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you that it's all about the Son, Lord. You've made it so clear. It's not confusing, dear God. You haven't made it confusing. You haven't made it, well, what should I honor? Should I honor the Son? Should I honor the Father? Of course, we should honor God as a whole. But Lord, you make it very clear that it's all about the Son. Lord, I pray for the people in this room and the people that are listening online, Lord God, that it would be all about Jesus for them. I pray, Lord God, that they would be confessing your name, me as well too, Lord. I pray for all of us that we would be professing your name every day, every opportunity we get, Lord God. We'd be bringing up the name of Jesus Christ, whether people want to hear it or not. Whether they scoff at us, whether they laugh at us, whether they ridicule us, whether they hate us, no matter what, Jesus, I pray that we would be bringing up your name out of obedience unto you. Because if we honor you, you told us, then the Father will honor us too, Lord God. Wow. Wow, Lord. I pray that we would get bold for you, God. We would be bold for your plan of salvation and not our own. I pray, dear God, that we would never forsake your son, Jesus Christ, ever. And we'd never, ever, ever be shy about his name. Because this is like we heard last week. Salvation only comes through the son. And salvation can only come through the son if his teachings 
are leading people in that way. I pray that we would be bold teachers and proclaimers of the message and of the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord God Almighty in heaven, I pray for those in this room and maybe those that are online or wherever they are that just listen to this message wherever that aren't yours, they're not yours, or they even profess to be yours, or maybe they even profess not to believe in you. Lord God, I pray that they would hear this message, Lord, and I pray that they would repent, and I pray that they would turn. Stop living a life of denial of Jesus Christ and stop, or stop living a life of just verbally, I just deny Jesus Christ, Lord. I, I pray, Lord God, that you would reach out to them through this message, Lord God, and that you would stop them from going on this way to hell, stop them from this pathway to hell, Lord God, and I pray that you would bring them to Jesus Christ, help them to realize, Lord God, that he paid the ultimate penalty for their sin. Help them to realize, Lord God, that you made a way for them to come to know you, that you made a way for them to have eternal life. It's through your Son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, dear God, they would see right now how much you love them through what you do for us every day and through what you did for us almost 2,000 years ago on the cross. And I pray that they would count the cost and they would see that the life that they live is miserable and worthless and that they need Jesus. I pray right now, dear God, they'd cry out to you and they'd call on your, the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ. And they would surrender themselves to you right now. Bring them to you, Lord God. Bring them to you. And I pray you'd save them. And I ask all these things, dear God, in the mighty and holy and precious name of your holy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We would like to thank everyone who has joined us today to listen to Pastor Ed Spagnoli bring us more biblical truth as he preaches verse by verse through the Bible. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged to respond to the word of the Lord today, as one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. If you would like to support this ministry or contact us for prayer, or for any reason at all, please visit gospelsavingchurch.com and enjoy our beautiful new website and click on the appropriate links. God bless you.